Hello and welcome back to Global Value. In today's video, we're performing a fundamental stock analysis of Canadian Pacific Railway Limited, ticker symbol CP. We're looking at Canadian Pacific today because it's part of both Bill Ackman and Prem Watts' portfolios. It's one of the two class one railroads operating in Canada. And currently over the last year, their stock price is up nine and a half percent. Right now they're trading for $81.46 per share. Over the last five years, Canadian Pacific has compounded their stock price at a rate of 18% annually. Over 10 years, they're compounding their stock price at a rate of 15% annually. And going back prior to the global financial crisis, over the last 18 years, Canadian Pacific has compounded their stock price at a rate of 15% annually. Keep in mind that they're also paying out a modest dividend yield right now of 0.7%. That would be in addition to this compounded annual return. So Canadian Pacific right now is trading $3 below their 52-week high. They're up about $16 from their 52-week low. They're a very large business. They have a 100 billion Canadian dollar market cap, which is about 76 billion US dollars. For more background about the business, Canadian Pacific is a CAD 8 billion class one railroad operating on more than 12,500 miles of track across most of Canada and into parts of the Midwestern and Northeastern United States. It's the second smallest class one railroad by revenue and route miles. In 2021, Canadian Pacific hauled shipments of grain, which were 22% of freight revenues, intermodal containers, also 22% of revenue energy products like crude and frac sand, chemicals and plastics making up 20% of revenues, coal was 8% of revenues, fertilizer and potash was 10% of revenues, and automotive products made up 5% of revenues as well as a diverse mix of other merchandise. The company offers rail and intermodal transportation services through a network of approximately 13,000 route miles serving business centers in Quebec, British Columbia, the rest of Canada, and the northeastern and midwestern regions of the United States. Canadian Pacific Railway Limited was founded in 1881 and is headquartered in Calgary, Canada. So for our fundamental analysis today, we are performing the select six analysis, taking a checklist style approach of six standard financial metrics to come to a holistic and beginning understanding of Canadian Pacific based off of their business fundamentals. So this analysis is still an evolving process. It will continue to improve and get better over time. And it's an opportunity to learn in public. So with that said, let's get right into today's analysis. One thing to note about Canadian Pacific is that they've had a long running merger, which has been well over a year now with Kansas City Southern. This is a potential $31 billion merger that was approved by shareholders of Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern in December of last year. Recently, this merger received clearance from the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States but it still needs to be cleared by the Surface Transportation Board. If this merger is approved, it would create a single rail system known as Canadian Pacific's Kansas City, or CPKC, with a network that would extend from Canada into the United States and Mexico. Starting things off with metric number one, we want their average return on capital over the last five years to be above 14%. So there are two major reasons for this. The first is that over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock is likely to return approximately what its underlying business returns. And the second is that the average publicly listed business earns about a 7% return on capital. So by asking for a benchmark of 14% or higher here, we can potentially build in some margin of safety for ourselves based off the overall quality of the business being about twice as good as average. So Canadian Pacific earned very stable returns on capital in the mid-teens from 2017 until 2020. However, this declined quite a bit in 2021. Their returns on capital were a little under 6%, and they have not earned very good returns on capital throughout 2022 either. So over their last 12 months, they're still earning just about 5% returns on capital. Even still, when we average these numbers out, over the last five years, Canadian Pacific earns just under 15% returns on capital, coming in at 14.7% annually. This is less than a percentage point above the benchmark we're looking for. 
Yet this is still going to be a check to start things off on metric number one, as their average returns on capital are twice as good as that of an average business, even if they've been impacted and are down in more recent years. Next up for metric number two, here we're taking a high level overview of the cash coming into their business. We want to see revenue, earnings, and free cash flow growth over the last five years. And this metric is all or nothing in nature. Either all three of these are going to be up for a check, or if even one of them is down, this entire metric will be an X. We'll also be taking into account their last 12 months worth of numbers in this calculation here. So Canadian Pacific has grown their revenues by about 28% over this time. Their earnings are also up more than 17% over this time. And most importantly, their free cash flows have nearly doubled. They're up 88% over the last five years. So all three of these numbers are up. This is modest growth in their revenues and their earnings and pretty strong growth in their free cash flows. This is a great sign to see that they are a growing business. The metric that we're most interested in here is their free cash flows. So it's great to see that this has had the strongest growth over this time. This is because free cash flow is really the lifeblood of any business and a business can use their free cash flows to to pay dividends, reinvest back into the business, make acquisitions, pay down debt, or buy back their shares. So ultimately, a business's abilities to produce free cash flows now and until judgment day, discounted back by some reasonable interest rate, is what that business is going to be worth. So again, it's great to see growth across all three numbers here. Even better that we're seeing such strong growth in their free cash flows. And this is another check on metric number two. Next up for metric number three, here we're taking the perspective of an individual shareholder in the business by looking at Canadian Pacific on a per share basis. So we're looking for earnings per share growth over the last five years. And while they were able to increase their earnings per share from 2017 until 2021, over their last 12 months, Canadian Pacific, in part because of their pending merger with Kansas City Southern, has diluted their shareholders by more than 20%. So that's more shareholder dilution than how their earnings have grown over this time. And so this means, unfortunately, that their earnings per share are down. Ultimately, as a long-term shareholder in a business, we typically don't like to see shareholder dilution because when you purchase a share of stock, what you're really buying is a fractional ownership percentage in that underlying business. And when a business dilutes shareholders by issuing more stock, they're decreasing your ownership percentage in the business, which is ultimately going to decrease your percentage of the business's future profits. You'd really just want to dig in and learn more about that acquisition to see if that's going to be value acquisitive to shareholders going forward. Making mergers and acquisitions using shares can sometimes be beneficial. However, looking back, Warren Buffett has made some of his worst investments in part by paying for them in shares. So by issuing shares for this merger, Canadian Pacific is really betting that Kansas City Southern is going to be value acquisitive. And ultimately, as a shareholder of the business, it's up to you to determine whether or not that's going to be true. So this is going to be our first X here on metric number three, as their earnings have not grown at the same rate that they've diluted shareholders over the last year. And so, so far through our first three metrics, we are two for three to start things off. Metric number four is going to be very similar. Here we're looking for free cash flow per share growth over the last five years. So again, they've issued 20% additional shares over this time. However, their free cash flows we learned in metric number two were up more than 88% over this period. So even with their shareholder dilution, their free cash flows were up at a rate that was much faster than this. So unlike their earnings per share, Canadian Pacific has managed to grow their free cash flows per share. And so this is a check here on metric number four. Next up for metric number five, here we're evaluating how the business is utilizing debt. So we don't want to be investing in overly levered businesses because during economic downturns, it's overly levered businesses that are going to be at the greatest potential risk of poor outcomes. We want their net debt, which is long and short-term debt minus cash and short-term investments to be below the amount of free cash flow that they produced over the past five years. Again, because of their pending merger, Canadian Pacific has added on quite a bit of net debt. They've significantly bumped up the amount of long-term debt that they've taken out. They ended 2021 with $16 billion in net debt. So far over their last 12 months, they have reduced this somewhat. Currently, they have $15 billion worth of net debt. 
However, over this time, Canadian Pacific has only produced about $5.2 billion worth of free cash flow. So that's just above a third of how much debt that they're employing in their business right now. So these high debt loads could potentially make sense if their pending merger goes through and is approved by the Surface Transportation Board, as Kansas City Southern would be adding quite a bit of additional free cash flow for the business. However, given their existing free cash flows from just their Canadian Pacific business, it looks like relative to the amount of free cash flows that they're producing, that this business is highly leveraged at the moment. And even in some of these other years where they had a more modest net debt position, it's still using more leverage than we're ideally looking for. So this is an X here on metric number five. Ultimately, if this is something that's a potential concern for you, you're just going to want to dig in and learn about the business and learn again whether this merger is going to add value for shareholders going forward. So to recap where we stand, currently through our first five metrics, we have three checks and two Xs. Then finally, the big metric of them all, metric number six, we want their average free cash flow to their total enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this will potentially give us a slight premium to the rate of the 10-year treasury yield and give us another reason to be potentially interested in Canadian Pacific. We're using their total enterprise value here because it's going to give us a more realistic, more accurate picture of the business, more similar to as if Canadian Pacific were a private business by taking into account both their market cap and their net debt position. So currently, Canadian Pacific has a $90.5 billion total enterprise value. We learned that over the last five years, they produced about $5.2 billion worth of free cash flow. This means that in an average year, they're producing just over $1 billion worth of free cash flow. So to get an average free cash flow to enterprise value yield for the business, when we divide their $1 billion of their average free cash flow by their $90.5 billion total enterprise value, that's only going to give us a yield of 1.1%. That's less than a third of where the 10-year treasury yield is at right now. And this is well below that 5% mark we're looking for. So on an average basis of their free cash flows, again, this is going to be a little skewed because this is counting all the debt that the business is taking on for their pending merger. This is going to be a strong X here on metric number six. Additionally, to get a current free cash flow to enterprise value yield for the business, over their last 12 months, Canadian Pacific has produced $1,150,000,000 worth of free cash flow. So when we divide that by their $90.5 billion total enterprise value, that only gives us a current free cash flow to enterprise value yield of 1.3%. So even currently, that is well below the metric we're looking for here. Just because this is an X, however, doesn't mean you're going to toss this business out in its entirety. This metric is just one data point out of the six that we've looked at so far and this analysis is meant to be taken holistically. Then here, looking at Canadian Pacific's dividend profile, Canadian Pacific has managed to grow their dividends in all five of these last fiscal years, and they've managed to grow their free cash flows over this time as well. In all five of these years, Canadian Pacific has had more than enough free cash flow coming in to healthily and sustainably support a growing dividend. While they have taken on quite high debt loads recently, it's ultimately going to depend how that debt is structured, what rates are their debts at, and when do they mature to determine whether or not they're going to feel a cash crunch here and whether something would potentially change in how they're paying out dividends. So again, you would just want to dig into the company to understand this in more depth if their abilities to pay out an increasing dividend were part of your interest in the business. Then discussing some of the points of a potential long thesis for Canadian Pacific. So one is that compared with trucking, shipping by rail is less expensive for long distances. It's four to five times more fuel efficient per ton mile shipped and generally has ample capacity. Two, CEO Keith Creel, who worked with legendary operator Hunter Harrison, has pushed to instill precision railroading principles into Canadian Pacific's culture, and that disciplined operating mindset likely won't disappear anytime soon. Three, Canadian Pacific's profitability improvement has been nothing short of impressive over the years. The rail ranked among the worst margin performers in 2012, but leapfrogged to one of the best by 2019. 
Then to keep things balanced, some of the key points of a potential short thesis for the business, the surface transportation oversees railroad pricing in the United States, so there will always be underlying risk of re-regulation in terms of a policy shift to a more heavy-handed approach. Chassis shortages at intermodal terminals and broader label-related constraints are yielding congestion and tempering intermodal velocity. And normalizing rates in the competing truckload sector and easing inventory restocking could temper intermodal potential volume recovery in 2023, despite probable network service improvement. Then unfortunately, we're not going to be able to perform a discounted cash flow analysis of Canadian Pacific. That's going to be anywhere within hailing distance of an economic reality for the business going forward. Usually we'd be using their historical abilities to grow their free cash flows since becoming a public business to give us a projected baseline estimate going forward into the future for the business. However, because of their pending merger and with the accounting showing up for how they paid for the merger in terms of diluted shares outstanding and additional debt that the business took on, but not yet having Kansas City Southern's operations consolidated in Canadian Pacific, it's just not going to be realistic for us to project how the business is going to look moving forward right now. So again, Canadian Pacific has closed the stock and cash portion of its deal for Kansas City Southern, but Kansas City Southern is not yet owned and operated by Canadian Pacific. Instead, Kansas City Southern will operate at arm's length in a voting trust until the deal is approved by U.S. regulators. And while the structure does create some potential short-term uncertainty, the long-term potential for the combination is intriguing. Again, after shareholders in Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern voted to approve the merger, Kansas City Southern shareholders received $90 in cash and just under three Canadian Pacific shares for each share that they held. So as a result, Kansas City Southern no longer trades as a public business. But again, the railroad is not completely under Canadian Pacific's control. One resource that will definitely help you stay up to speed with what's going on in the market and help you learn more about the business is Seeking Alpha. Checking out Seeking Alpha directly supports the channel as I'm part of their affiliate program. So most of you probably know Seeking Alpha as a source of community written articles on different stocks. But over the past little while, they've actually become a lot more than that with their new offering, which is Seeking Alpha Premium. Premium has a number of different features where you can track, buy, hold, and sell ratings on your favorite stocks. These ratings are from the Seeking Alpha community, Wall Street analysts, and Seeking Alpha's algorithm. You can see earnings call transcripts, investor presentations, SEC filings, and press releases all in one place. You can add your own margin of safety targets and get alerts for when your favorite stocks hit that level. You can get unlimited access to Seeking Alpha articles, and you can tailor your reading experience based on the type of investor you are. You can get 10 years of financial data on any stock to help you with your analysis. You can also import your portfolio into your Seeking Alpha dashboard to make researching easier. And if that didn't convince you, the best thing is that an annual plan is only 99 bucks. That's only 27 cents per day through my referral link down in the description below. Normally premium is $239, but they are currently running a general offer for $119. But if you use my link, it's only 99 bucks. So check it out if you're interested. So in summary, because of some of the nuance with Canadian Pacific's pending merger with Kansas City Southern, Canadian Pacific only checks the box on three out of six of our metrics. They're earning average returns on capital that are more than twice as good as average coming in in the mid-teens. They've grown their revenues, earnings, and free cash flows over the last five years, and this more than likely will keep continuing, especially if they're able to bring Kansas City Southern under their fold. However, to pay for this merger, Canadian Pacific has issued 20% additional shares over the last year and they've taken out more than $8 billion in debt. So based off of their abilities to produce free cash flows as a standalone business, they're not currently able to support their debt loads. That'll likely improve quite a bit if they're able to have Kansas City Southern's operations be part of Canadian Pacific, and they're able to apply some of the operating discipline of precision scheduled railroading. 
Then also that plays out similarly for their current and their average free cash flows compared to their total enterprise value yield as that debt is already on Canadian Pacific's books, but the operating earnings of Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern are not yet combined. Then their dividend profile has been in decent shape over the last five years. However, what happens there is going to heavily depend on the result of their potential merger. Then again, we were not able to perform a discounted cash flow analysis of the business because we don't have that combined operating data. Please keep in mind that this type of analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with the properly licensed and registered legal and financial professionals. Instead, this analysis serves as a beginning and holistic understanding to help you determine whether it's worth your time and energy to dig in and learn more about Canadian Pacific and their merger with Kansas City Southern moving forward. So as a value investor, you're ultimately trying to conduct this research as if you're going to own 100% of a business and you can truly understand the essence of the business and know what's important and what's not important for the business as it goes into the future. So ultimately, through this deeper research, you'll be able to learn more about the qualitative and the quantitative aspects of Canadian Pacific, and you'll likely be able to come to your own approximation of their intrinsic value. So with that said, that's it for today's fundamental stock analysis of Canadian Pacific Railway Limited, ticker symbol CP. Again, we were looking at the business today because it makes up approximately 10% of Bill Ackman's fund Pershing Square and because the business is also owned by Prem Watsa. So if you enjoyed today's analysis, please be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, and comment down below what business you want me to take a look at next time. Thanks for learning about Canadian Pacific with me and have a great day.